You're listening to another episode of the Man of Class podcast. I'm your host, Eric Yusko, founder of Man of Class, this podcast, and is the exceptional life strategist for those men who know there's a lot more to life than just that daily grind. This episode will blow you away, so make sure to sit down and listen. We dive deep into the biggest ROI that you can have in life. If that interests you and you're at all trying to get your time back, figuring out how you can get it all done, it's time to take a listen. Enjoy. Every day, the world tolerates less and less of traditional masculine behavior, which has driven a new standard for men to be successful. How does one evolve so that they can win in today's world? Enter Man of Class, a place to empower men to break down traditional masculinity and build the necessary skill sets, mindset, and confidence to become the men that society desperately needs. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome back to another episode on the Man of Class podcast. Today, we are joined by a very special guest. I met, uh, and our special guest is Maurice Philogene. We met actually through a common friend and Im- immediately hit it off after the first phone conversation. And so, um, Mo, I'll let you tell a little bit about yourself, give a little bit of background. Sure. Thanks, Eric. I, I really appreciate being here. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, and yeah, we definitely hit it off. I think we have like-minded values and that's a good thing when you, um, interact with someone like that and you connect organically like that. So I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, my name is Maurice Philogene. I live in the Washington DC area. Um, actually was born in New York, raised in Boston, and then came down to Washington DC via university of Virginia, which is my alma mater. Nice. Um, yeah, so I, I come from an immigrant family. So my, my family is a, a Haitian family. Um, and my brother and I, so I have one sibling, my brother and I were the first generation born here in the United States. My, my mom and dad um, were born in Haiti and grew up in Haiti and then eventually came to the States back in the, in the 70s. Um, my background, which I think is relevant to uh, uh, kind of, the space you are in and how you like to help your people um, is that I am uh, for the past 23 years, I've been a senior exec at uh, Accenture, which is a global consulting firm. I've always been there. They hired me right out of college. Uh, We were Anderson consulting back in the day, but uh, it's Accenture today. Um, I am also recently Retired from the U.S. military. I was a lieutenant colonel in the United States Air Force where I served as a federal agent for 16 years and a military police commander for the five or six years before that. Um, So I just retired this past October. I became a street cop in the Washington, D.C. area 12 years ago as a way to give back to local community because it was important to me. Um, And then the way that you and I connected uh, is that when I was uh, in my 20s, I had this notion that I could be, quote unquote, free. And I did not want to be chained to a desk for the rest of my life. That worried me in my early 20s. So I had some foresight there. So I uh, did some studying and became a real estate investor um, in a single family housing realm. Uh, and then I switched to multifamily housing. So apartment buildings and mobile home parks back in 2015. And that's where I sit and operate, but all for the sake of freedom. It was more, it was about freedom. It wasn't necessarily about building a business because I wanted to live my life extremely well 
um, and do things that were passionate for me, which includes travel and a bunch of other things. So I have a bit of a diverse um, personal and professional background. <laughs> I'll say you have one heck of a resume, <laughs> but that's thanks, man. But but that's awesome, and that feeds perfectly into today's episode because the whole season's really been dedicated around lessons from a pandemic. When we think fast forward however many years, we're going to look back and this is going to be a defining moment for so many people. And just like any major, whether it's recession or in this case, a pandemic, it offers a massive opportunity for those that take it up on it and use it as an opportunity. And so that's really kind of what or how that season kind of got born, which was, okay, this is the time that we're going to be looking forward going, what are the things that we wish we would have taken away from this moment to really kind of trajectory, you know, change the trajectory of our lives. And one of those big pieces is just around time management. And because you have such a diverse background, because you have so many different things going on and so many different seasons, it, it fit perfectly. You know, it was like yeah. a, a match made in heaven because th- that's one of the pieces where we, we find everyone was always saying, oh, I really wish I had more time to go do all this stuff. Uh, I want to start a business. I want to become free. I want to, just like what you're talking about in your 20s. That's the goal for so many people. But that, but time always is that, oh, but if I had more time, COVID gave us time. Yep, in a true, lot yeah. of instances, when everything closed down, nobody was going anywhere still, right? We're, we're still in this pandemic and a lot of people, air traffic is, is still way, way down, uh, like mm-hmm. 20%, 30% of, of where it was a year ago. People just aren't traveling. You see it like on the highways. I'm sure you probably see it, um, you know, being a street cop in DC. I'm sure the, the, the pulse of the city is, is down from where it was. Absolutely. Uh, but, it, but people haven't changed. So let's, let's dive into have you always been so on top of time management or has this been something like a journey that you kind of had to, to learn and piece your way through? Um, you know what? I, so I'm glad you brought up the, the, the COVID piece. I do think that uh, the pandemic that we're in has exposed our way of living. And when I mean our way of living, I'm talking about the U S American consumerism, Go go go! Nine, not go go go! One hundred percent grind all the time. All, all those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I never want anyone, um, especially especially uh, my psyche and the type of person that I am. I'm I'm very much a person of service, military, police, giving back through um, philanthropy and things of that nature. I never want anyone to be hurt. So this this pandemic has really affected a lot of people. I think we have. Uh, 200,000 people that have passed away in the United States alone, 5 million um, infected. That's a a big deal. But Mm -hmm. to me, there are actually some interesting positives that have come out of it, which is it has slowed us down. I almost think it's Mother Nature, God, Spirit, um, the universe, whatever you want to call it. Somehow this pandemic has slowed us down or at least showed us what slowing down is like. Mm-hmm. There are less people out eating, spending precious resources where they could be using it on things for their family. Families are spending more time around the dinner table. People are starting to see that the nine to five grind, it really, it is intended for you to, the nine, the nine to five grind was originally intended 
such that you could take fa- care of your family and get out of the nine to five grind at some point. People aren't seeing it as, as uh, the goal anymore, if you will. So I, mm-hmm. I do think the pandemic has had some positives. Um, but when it comes to time management, uh, for some reason, Eric, I've, I've kind of always been like that. It dates back to university where I was a mechanical engineering student playing varsity football and uh, doing uh, Air Force ROTC all at the same time. Wow. Um, and I, I found a way to do it in my 20s because I had no choice. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to go to university, I had to do ROTC because it was the only way for me to pay, to, to pay for school. Because football was a passion for me, I had no choice. I had to play because I loved it so much, so I found a way. Um, and then mechanical engineering, believe it or not, it's one of the most difficult degrees you can go after. Mm-hmm. But I also, I also knew that it just, uh, like a liberal arts degree or something, was just not my space. I preferred to do math problems than, than you know, write a paper or something like that. Um, yeah. Here, here's the thing on time management. And I, looking back now, and I love that you asked me the question, I actually think that you will find, people will find time to do the things that matter to them if they have a goal or a purpose that necessitates them getting it done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all those things that I listed out on the professional side of my resume, which is not as important to me as the personal side of my resume, I definitely grinded in my 20s and 30s. And I, and I always say that I gave up my 20s and 30s to go the path of financial freedom and time wealth, which I'll talk about. Um, and I'm glad that I did it. But the, re- the reason I did it was because I had a goal of freedom. So I structured my day such that I could maximize 16 hours out of the day. We, we sleep eight, so there's another 16 for you to do work in. Mm-hmm. And I was just unwilling to waste it. So I was the guy who was up at 4 a.m., working till 8 a.m. on the side hustle, would go to work, and then I would come home, take care of my family or when I had my, my earliest son, and then would sit back down at 7.30 p.m. and work till 9.30 p.m. again. So that was creating six hours a day, 42 hours a week, outside of my regular nine-to-five job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I did that, Eric, um, because I had a purpose that I was going after. And even though it took me 14 years to get it, I got it. And, uh, and by that, I mean my time freedom and, and financial freedom. Um, so all, 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 all said, I guess what, what I'm trying to say is we will find a way to get those things done that really matter to us. So if you have a purpose, you know where you're going and you can structure your time accordingly. Yeah. And, and it's very, so it's beautifully said. And one interesting thing that I noticed when you were talking about in your twenties going through school was the repeated words. I had no choice. Like there was no, you know, like there was no other option. Like you were doing this, you went into ROTC because that was the way that you were going to pay for it. You, you played football because that was the, um, you know, that, that gave you fun and enjoyment. That was important yeah. to you. That was that purpose. Yeah. Uh, the mechanical engineering degree, right. That was important because you didn't, we wanted to have uh, a career, um, not a career, but a grad or a program or a certificate. I'm, I'm struggling for the word. I, I'm losing it here, but, but basically a degree at the end of the day in something yeah. 
that was challenging yet rewarding, something that was up your alley, right? With yeah. mathematics, yeah. solving the problems. Yeah. And so it was just very interesting because as you walk through it, it was like there was no other option. There was no other path. Like it was almost, you know, we hear this a lot of like burning the boats. And it's great that we talk about all that stuff. But I think so many times people hear that of like, yeah, 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 burn the boats. But they don't really go a level deeper, right? That's the macro. Sure, I got to burn the boats. Sure, I got to have purpose. But really breaking it down even deeper of like you kind of pieced your way through and said like each one of those was feeding my soul. Yep. It's kind of how I interpreted it when you're going through 100, 100%. Each one of them was, and that's still what's happening today. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't have a choice. Um, and you know, as I reflect on it and you know, I'm, I'm 45 now. Um, I don't, I don't spend what I call brown time. I don't do a lot of brown time, which is aimless looking at Netflix or surfing, surfing the internet or, or flipping through social media or whatever, because it's wasteful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have so many different aspirations in life, whether it be my business aspirations with real estate. And I didn't mention that I'm the owner of several restaurants. Um, <laughs> no, you didn't, but we'll, we'll dive into that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, aspirations around travel, um, which I really want to talk about, but you know, I've now been to 96 countries over 230 times. Um, because that is just what I want out of life. That is the constant learning for me, right? The immersing in an environment where your brain has to fire in a different way. You have to learn about the language, the culture, the people, the food. Um, so I have to fit that into my schedule. I still want to give back to local community. So even as we're speaking right now, as soon as I get off this interview with you, I'm going to throw in my police uniform and I'm going to go patrol for 10 hours tonight um, through the night because I have to give back to my local community. Um, and, you know, I on, on a work level, whether it's the consulting firm or now the real estate firm that myself and our common friend Chad are part of that we've, we've built together, both of them add value to my life and generate income such that I can add value to other people's lives. So when I, when I mentioned the travel, um, even during this COVID times, I, I, I stopped traveling in March, obviously, just like everybody. But because it's such a passion of mine and giving back to people is such a passion of mine, four weeks ago, uh, on August 4th, there was a large blast in Beirut, Lebanon. I have a lot of friends there. Uh, within seven days, I was on a plane after myself, Chad, our common friend, and uh, our other partners. We raised about uh, $12,000 in four days. $12,000 is $85,000 in buying power in Lebanon, the way the currency works. Mm-hmm. I got on a plane. I went over there. I spent 18 days uh, affecting people's lives, helping someone restart his, bu- restart his business because I want to give back to community. So the way that I did it was I researched how to get there, taking a COVID test here, getting on the plane with that test. So they would let me on the plane, arriving in Beirut, taking another COVID test at that airport, staying for 18 days, taking another COVID test to leave the country, uh, taking another COVID test when I arrived in Cyprus to actually give myself a break and look for property for my family. And then I arrived back in the United States, uh, a total of, uh, 22 days later, I researched the crap out of it because it, it was unacceptable for me to just be sitting at home twiddling my thumbs when I have 
life related goals that I need to accomplish. Um, so to your point, I, I tend to only spend my time on those things that I don't have a plan B. These are things that I want to get done in life. Um, and let me throw one other tidbit out at you about that particular point. I, I met a gentleman years ago. His name's Gil. He lives down in Costa Rica. I went to a retirement conference when I was 32 because I wanted to know what the heck this thing called retirement was that everybody was talking about. <laughs> I didn't get it. By 15 years, I was the youngest person there. I connected with Gil. Gil had moved from Florida, established his family in Costa Rica and was living the life of his dreams. And he gave me a piece of paper after we, we broke bread together and we, we, you know, we, we broke a 12 pack together and, and hung out all night. And that piece of paper was your life in days. And if you assume you're going to live to 80, that means you have 28,000 days to live your life at 45. And I just looked at this this morning. I know that I have 12,142 days left roughly. So I have no time to waste um, because, you know, we have a finite amount of time to live this life. So, you know, whatever your goals are, uh, if they are important to you, go get them done. Find a way to get it done. There is no plan B. Yeah. Yeah. And I can really hear the conviction in your voice as you're talking about this. And, and the interesting thing along the way, many people, they start out their journey and they think, okay, I need money, right? Money is the yeah. currency of, of how things get done. So I just need a boatload of money. Yeah. And they make it about the money. And then once you, if you get the money, then you realize it's not about the money. It's really about freedom. And then you work and try to get towards freedom. And then it's like, once you get to freedom, then you're bored because then you have all this free time, just like the promise of retirement. And then you realize, well, I need to go do something now that money and time is covered. How is it that I want to live my life? Well, I want to give back more. I want to, you know, do for my community. And, and it's such an empowering story as you walk through of realizing this early on in your life, being as tenacious as you have been. And really, I mean, you're the living testament of burning the boats. <laughs> you burn more <laughs> boats in your life than I think <laughs> that has been done in any I never, war. <laughs> I never thought about it that way, but yeah, that's pretty, and that's it's, pretty cool. It's, it is. It, it really, really is. And the thing that I love in your, in your voice as you're, as you're saying all this is just around everything that you're doing you're doing it for a common value. Like you've gotten yeah. really crystal clear on your value system. You know what it is that's important to you, giving back, right? Whether it was through the military, whether it's through being on the police force, whether it's, um, you know, going to Lebanon, helping that community, helping local community, no matter what it is, it, service is, is very much one of your core values and you're finding ways and executing that every single day, which is just truly, truly inspiring. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I want to correct you on one thing. Service is my number one value outside of, outside of loving my family. Service is my number one value because look, man, I, I, I the conviction you hear in my voice is related to me having to figure, figure out life starting at 18. And I respect my parents my parents were big, as, many, as most immigrant parents are, big on education. And as soon as I got dropped off at university in 1993, my mom and my dad pretty much said, our job was to get you to college. Now you got to figure this shit out on your own. 
That was that mm-hmm. was their statement. And okay. I called my I called my mother second year of school because I had a money issue. And she said to me on the phone, Congratulations, you're an adult. You now have to figure it out. Wow. I don't have any money to give you. And okay. uh so it was on me from that point forward. And it, it is on all of us. It is on all of us. So, you know, back to the time management theme that, that you're referencing related to the pandemic. I mean, we have no excuse. There are 24 hours in a day. I, I understand that we have obligations that we got to take the kids to all these events. And we, we, we choke our kids' schedules with 38 different activities that we have to run around. Focus on those things that are actually a priority. And you know, you know what we've done, where we've done ourselves a disservice from a society perspective? We, we are in this mode of competition, constant competition with each other. And we're mm-hmm. taught that from first grade, right? You got to be better than the, the guy next to you. You got to get the trophy. You got to be the valedictorian. You have to be the MVP. You have to have the GPA of 4.0. I don't know how on a 4.0 scale you can now get a 4.3. That doesn't make any sense I still haven't figured that out either, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we're just on this path of constant competition with each other where we should be on a path of uh, constant creation with each other and helping mm. each other out. And that's where, you know, our common friend Chad or, or my business partner now or the friends that I have, I, I will not associate with people who totally want to compete with me on different things. I never wanted to become the partner at my firm. I never wanted to be the four-star general. I never, and it's okay if you do. What I'm suggesting is I was unwilling to spend my time going to nonsense networking events for the sake of, you know, climbing the corporate ladder or looking a certain way in some, in front of someone. I just kind of established my life goals over the years. And that's where I spend my time so I don't compete with people. I create with people. And once I figured that out, man, it's like off to the races. Even someone like you, the reason I want to spend time with you tonight is because it's important to me. I know that I am giving a service through you to your listeners for anything, you know, anything that I say that may have frequency or resonate with them. Like this is a service. So it's not competition, man. It's, it's, it's creation. Yeah. And when you start creating, you can do a lot more for this world. So I love being of service to family, to uh, community, and to uh, people that I can help. And and I, I've got goosebumps as you're as you're saying all that stuff because it it absolutely does resonate. And when you said the the disservice of competition, what I very rarely see is people who are highly ambitious. It's I guess it's it's something that I used to not see. I'm starting to see more and more of. Yeah. And I love it of people that are highly successful usually are super competitive, right? I mean, if you think back of the big corporate world and, and just what that was, people who were really successful, the CEOs got there because of, you know, climbing that ladder, having to compete, blah, 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 blah. But we're entering into, and, and I think technology has really, really enabled us, but you're right. I'm start. I'm finding more and more people that are highly ambitious, that are not trying to compete with me or against me, but trying to support each other. And yeah. it's, 
oh, you know, you would be a perfect fit. You know, you got to talk to so-and-so or, oh, you yes. want to get into this market. I got to connect you with, with X, Y, and Z. And, you know, oh, you're having problem uh, filling a program or, or, you know, finding investors. Let me, you know, what, tell me what you need and I'll go out and be of service. And that's really, you know, servant-based leadership 101. Yeah. And yeah. it's, and it's finally coming around. It's, it's funny because I've been trying to preach this in the corporate world for years and, you know, everyone was like, oh, you're just some young punk kid. You don't have experience yet. You, you haven't seen the scars. And it's like, no, like I truly do believe that there's, it's not a, a if or that it's not a, a binary system. There's a quantum level there where you can be equally um, highly ambitious and have high goals, but not the competitiveness. You can be competitive with yourself of like, this is what I did. And, you know, if I ran four miles, I want to push myself to, to run four and a half today. I'm competing with a previous version of myself, but I'm not running four and a half because Sally just running four and a half. You know what I'm saying? I think I, you're I, right. There's I a lot do. of power there. there dude, uh, Eric. So now I just got goosebumps because listen, 23 years at, at one of the best companies in the world, right? I, I respect my W2 employer because they provide a service to customers and they have good people. Um, and I don't financially need to be there. I'm there because it accelerates my goals from a financial perspective and because I love what I do. But I never had the intention of competing to be a partner or anything of that nature. I, I didn't want the 200 hour weeks, 150 hour weeks, that, that type of thing. I wanted the take my income, learn. I learned how to accelerate that income by investing in real estate. I've now created numerous companies on the outside where the passive income for my real estate and restaurants far exceeds the corporate salary that I make. But I think I, the reason I think that it has gone so well is because I dropped my ego a long time ago, long mm -hmm. time ago. And I, you know, I stole this one from Gary V, but um, from Gary Vaynerchuk, just listening. I love to Gary V. I love him too. I love him too. And some of the, you know, he's controversial, but there are some nuggets that he gives, which is really good. Now, here's, a, here's something I, I hope folks listen to. I, you don't have to be number one. You can be, a, you can be a solid number 37, make your 250 grand, 300 grand, or even 80 grand a year, and learn how to leverage that income to create time wealth, because I guarantee you this, Eric, I am not a billionaire by, by any means, but I, I live the lifestyle. I live a lifestyle that most billionaires would, would kill to live. And mm -hmm. that that's because I have built so many relationships with so many people or genuine relationships by giving back, by being of service, by creating with people around the world. I think I can't think of one country that, of the, well, not all of them, but let's say like if I throw 50 countries out there, there's somebody there somewhere that will definitely come and pick me up and I'll stay at their home. You know, mm -hmm. um, we, I, I just feel like we got it wrong. And now, now there's nothing wrong with going, you know, full gusto because obviously Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, they don't need to work anymore. Right. They've been crushing it. But the reason why they're still doing what they're doing is because they are fundamentally providing a service and help and changing the way that we live today.
right? Mm-hmm. Be it through electron, uh, electric cars or renewable energy or with Jeff Bezos and Amazon. I mean, thank God for an Amazon right now. It's kind of powering the world because we don't need to go anywhere, especially in a pandemic environment. They are creating. So, you know, I, I, I'm really on that, this, this creating with each other versus competing with each other. We can do much more and we can go much uh, further, faster. And it's, it's interesting. So you brought up uh, both Elon and Jeff. It's very, very interesting. I've been watching those two very, very closely. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I still hear in their voice is the passion. Both of them yep. were very techie, nerdy, you know, problem solving. They, you know, Jeff had a great career and saw the internet st- starting to blossom. I think it was like 2,300% year over year growth. And he's like, how can I build something and have the internet be built around me? Mm-hmm. And it was just like a fundamental and it was like, well, how can I help books, you know? And, it, and then all of a sudden it turned in, he asked his customers and then, but then it was CDs and then it was this, it was that. And before you know it, yeah, that's, that's the one go-to. And then Elon, I, I think of the one person on this planet that's really making, that's looking and trying to take care of society. And yep. again, people can take it either way. I really think are both probably Jeff and Elon. Elon looks and says, we have to get better, right? We have, we have energy coming to our planet every single day without missing a beat. It's guaranteed to be there because if we don't have sun, we've got bigger problems. How do yeah. we harness that? How yeah. do we start building tunnels? You know, how do I prove tunnel systems work? So now people aren't sitting in traffic, wasting four hours a day, sitting in traffic, not doing anything. So you can actually have the freedom to go create, you know, whether it's to, you know, rise up in the corporate world because you're just so passionate about the purpose, whether it's a side hustle, whether it's getting that time freedom, the travel, the father, the mother, you know, all of these different things, whatever it is that lights you up that you feel is your purpose coming from a creative space. And so really those two guys, I really hear that creativeness that's in their voice as they're speaking, not the, I'm going to crush, you know, my competitors or I'm going to you know, wipe the, the entire industry out. It's, it's, I think there's a better way. <laughs> I'm just doing this. It could, <laughs> yeah. it could fail. I don't know, but I, I'm going to try it. I'm going to be creative and I'm going to go after it. But that's why they continue for all the reasons you're saying they don't have to, they want to, because they're, they are looking at how we live and in theory, trying to improve it. And that's something that I respect. But for your, you know, for the average layman's guy, or, or woman, or the amazing people that we have on this planet, I think where, where folks can really, really improve their lives is by focusing on time freedom. Mm-hmm. And what there, there's a lot of ways to get time freedom. I'm, I'm helping a dentist right now. He's a very high-earning dentist. I'll put him in the 400000 a year range. But his business requires him to be, like he is the business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if he, if he takes on a partner and sells, let's say, a quarter of his business and his, and his personal revenue goes down by a quarter or something like that, but if his personal revenue will go down by a quarter, but maybe 50% of his time is going to free up, he's, he's that much richer for losing income. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he doesn't have time to, to, to be with his family because he has to be in the business. So that's something... I'm coaching him on at the moment, but I, I have subscribed to just 
how I kind of figured some of these things out and where Chad and I um, got really kind of geeked out on certain things. I stole the formula from Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, which is freedom equals time plus mobility. The way that you create time is by generating passive income because passive income shows up without you having to physically be somewhere. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, passive income not only gives you financial freedom and time freedom, but it also gives you geographic freedom because you can be anywhere in the world, which is what I cover. So if you can create that time, you can create time by passive freedom. And then the mobility piece is really uh, something folks should consider, but they may not realize it. I don't receive mail, physical mail anywhere. I use uh, an online interface. There's plenty of them, but the one I use is called Earth Class Mail. So all my business mail and personal mail shows up at some PO box that gets scanned. And once a month, I log on to the web and I look at my box, shred this, keep that, forward that, et cetera, et cetera. I have gotten rid of the need for me to sort through piles of mail that were showing up at my house. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, All of my businesses run in an electronic format where when I was in Lebanon or Cyprus or when I uh, go back to Croatia with my son and his mom, I can run all of my businesses from a computer. So I've, I've created space there. And I, there, there are personal decisions you can make to free your time. Yes, I can have a real estate investment firm that has 20, 30, 40, 50 employees, but I've made a conscious decision to never do that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be grounded in one location or have to have employees or have to do any of those things because the value that I have in spending my life doing the things that I want to do is way more important to me than growing some massive entity where I need to be in an office constantly to deal with it. So I've made, I, you know, I make conscious decisions around what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, how I'm growing my personal life, how I grow my professional life. People, we can make these conscious decisions. And you know why I've made those conscious decisions, Eric, is because I'm not competing with anyone. I'm creating the lifestyle that I want, which to me, I am living the lifestyle of a billionaire because I've created happiness. And Gary Vee was right. The real ROI, the return on investment is happiness, Mm -hmm. right? So everything I do is around my happiness. I kind of know exactly what does make me happy, whether it's serving or being with my family, my kids or travel. And I just don't do anything else that doesn't contribute to it. So. Yeah. And, and, and I love that the, the piece around everything that you do is focused around happiness. I think so many times it's tough for Gary because I hear Gary's message and I hear a lot of people that say, sure, Gary, that's easy it's been such a long time since you've been in maybe a lot of people's positions Mm -hmm. to get to that point. Right. So now it's, you know, the more money you have, the the easier it is for happiness and the more time that you have, the easier it is to be happy. And, And what I love is that is finding and talking to people that are early in their career or who were closer to that, because you can have those more intricate conversations. It's not sort of the same story of, you know, coming over, did this, and then all of a sudden I just had a billion dollar business or, or you know, was, was living this type of lifestyle. And so when we go back to like your story right. of, of really grinding it out in, in your, your 20s, 
you were grinding it out, not for the purpose of, I need to get ahead so that I can drive that Beamer. You were doing it to say, no. the more yes. that I get this done, <laughs> I'm doing this so I get my time back. I see okay. through the crap, the, the veil that is being placed on the world where it's, you need to be better than this person and you need to be first always. It's, you need to be, your, your happiness needs to be first always. That's the shift. Yeah. Not, yeah. You need to be in to drive the latest model or to have the latest iPhone or the latest, whatever your happiness needs to be the thing in first place. If that's the, if there's one thing people want to focus on in hitting first and being competitive, it, it should be happiness. How happy can you be? Because when you are happy, you're going to be cre- coming from a creative place. Everything about you is going to just be different. 100%. 100%. And commercialism, buying crap. I mean, that's how I grew up. Um, when I was young, I, I lived in inner city Boston or the hood, or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, we didn't have money. So we would buy things that would equate to money, like name brands or, you know, $200 pair of sneakers or listen, I got to go get that Mercedes or whatever. Like I'm mm-hmm. still driving my 2005 paid off infinity. It gets me from point A to point B. I don't need something else. Now, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with buying something nice for yourself or your family if that's what you desire. I totally get it. But please buy an asset that then pays for that liability. Um, we, we've just been trained to you know, go out and buy the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And what that does is force you to go to work to pay for your things. Right. So one, one of the ways that I... Um, and I think a lot of smart, uh, people have started to figure this out. I don't, I don't buy a lot of liabilities. Matter of fact, I feel freer because I just don't buy a lot of stuff. When I travel, mm-hmm. I usually have a carry-on bag and I'm gone. Literally one carry-on bag. I never check a bag. I'll have one carry-on bag and I'm gone for four or five weeks with, a, with one carry-on bag. And I can um, deal with life that way. Um, so, I mean... It, it, it's just the, the goal should be totally different. Oh, and that, this is the example that I wanted to tell you. So I, I know it sounds like, all right, well, maybe Maurice has the same Gary Vee syndrome or something like you forget what it's like or whatever. No, I, no, I don't. I don't. Um, a buddy of mine, when I started investing in condos years ago, a buddy of mine saw what I was doing and he jumped on the bandwagon and asked me to kind of mentor him along. And I did. And here's, here's the way we did it. And I, and, Anyone can use this tactic. I helped him figure out what his monthly financial freedom number was. And for him, it was roughly $6,000 that he needed, that he wanted to generate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he worked for 10 years at a company. I won't say what company, but he worked 10 years in corporate America. He bought three condos in, in the district of Columbia. And over the three year, over the 10 years, uh, they appreciated. He sold I'm sorry, he bought four condos. They all appreciated. He sold one. And with the money that he made from selling one and the salary that he made over the 10 years, he paid off the other three. So he didn't go out and buy the Mercedes. He didn't go out and buy all the clothes. He didn't go on tons and tons of trips. He had the goal of paying off those three condos because those three condos were about $2,000 worth of rent because DC is an expensive place. So he's making $6,000 a month from those three condos. And he picked up, left corporate America, moved to Thailand, where he's a bartender still to this day. It's been six years now. 
and he met a girl and he's married now and he has two kids and he's living, living in Thailand as a bartender. Now, here's the thing. In Thai, you know, the cost of living there is much less than it is here. So maybe he has $1,000 worth of expenses or $2,000 worth of expenses a month and he's netting $4,000 a month living like a king. Mm-hmm. But there are, there are CEOs in this country right now who make $15 million a year or $20 million a year who say, man, one day I'm going to retire and go live in Thailand and, and be a bartender. Right. It is all perspective and it is all focusing on your goal and maybe people's goals are skewed or they don't understand what that you know, financial freedom number is or, or maybe they just don't have the goal to focus on such that they can manage their time the right way to go after that goal. But don't think that this you know, time wealth um, is some elusive thing. It's not. You can figure out exactly what you need, almost like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You figure out exactly what you need you figure out the assets you need to generate that amount of income or you know, wh- what nonprofit or digital nomad job you want to work for. Because you don't have to go get an asset. You can get, just get a job that allows you to freely float if you'd like mm-hmm. to. But whatever it is that makes you happy, like set the goal, create time to work on that goal, create space. Don't waste around doing nonsense or things that you know, don't add value to you. Go after it. And then at some point, You'll get it. And you have to have patience uh, and you have to have perseverance to do it. But I wanted to give you that layman's example of someone who just worked in corporate America for 10 years and he's out in his mid, in his mid thirties, he was gone. Right. So it's, it's everything is wholly possible. And I know I work a lot still. It's because I have certain goals, but you know, all the activities that I do they are still non-negotiable. If I want to go travel, I take, three weeks off from the company or I take leave without pay or I do something because we only have a finite amount of time left on this planet. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a great motivating factor is to look at, look at it that way. And, and many times it takes some type of scare, uh, change. Mm-hmm. Most change happens out of a reaction to some massive stimulus passing away of a parent or yeah, uh, I agree. A, a major health scare or something, right? Some major thing happens that that's the way that it has been. I, I'm a firm believer that it doesn't have to be that way. If you understand change and you can look at those examples and figure out what was maybe the linchpin, the limiting belief, the perspective, all of that, mm-hmm. you can make a statement today that says, I don't need to wait for somebody to shoot me in the leg yep. or to have a heart attack or to, you know, to lose somebody. I can, I can ch- wake up today, choose my path, get crystal clear on that goal and start working towards it. 100%. You just need to know that goal. I mean, if you don't know where you're going, it's very easy to get there. You can take any road, but if you <laughs> right. know where you're going, I think that's Alice in Wonderland or something, but if you know where you're going, then uh, it's very, you know what? Uh, I can sum it up with this, Eric. You know what will make it very easy for people to go to the blood-sucking job that they don't like to do? When they know that that paycheck that's coming every two weeks is going towards that goal. But, Mm. But sometimes we're just going to work to pay the bills at home without, you know, and then we're just, you know, pressing repeat on that rat race thing that we do. Um, 
it makes it much easier to go to your W-2. It makes it much easier to get up and go to the gym at 4 a.m. in the morning if you're trying to get in shape. If you know the exact goal that you're going after. So set those goals and then create space using time hacks such that you can work on it, um, you know, and go after it full force. That's a perfect, uh, that's a, a perfect segue. I, I wanted to ask one powerful question, which is, do you have any routines or any hacks that you've found that has really been um, beneficial, like groundbreaking for, for helping you to get to your goals? Well, I, so there's a, there's, there's a longstanding one and then there's a recent one. So I, I don't want to act like I've known all this stuff. I am still personally developing. I'm not perfect by any means. So when I do work with coaches like you, um, I do get tidbits, but all along, I, I, w- I will give credit to the military by getting up at 4am. You know, how, like the commercials will say we do more by 6am than most people do all day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. 4am to 8am is like gold to me because there's no phones. No one is calling you. It's quiet outside. I hit the gym. I am, you know, I usually hit the gym at 4am now, now five, five nowadays more often, but in my twenties and thirties, it was 4am. I'd be back and I would work on my real estate endeavors. And at 8am I would switch over to family. And at 9am I'd switch over to regular work. But that, that's four hours before people had even started their day, right? right? So mm-hmm. for me, that, that, was, that has paid so many dividends. And I mentioned it in the beginning where I would create 42 hours a week to work on my side hustles. So that's been a, a big deal for me. But the most recent one is this lens that my business coach taught me of brown time, light green time, dark green time, and gold time. Brown time, we already talked about the, the aimless watching of Netflix for five hours. You don't even know what you're doing. Five hours is gone and you wake up and you're like, I, I don't know where my time just went. Mm-hmm. That's brown time. The light green time is those things that need to get done administratively from a business, family, social perspective. Like you got to pay your bills. You got to take your kids to the dentist. You, you got to, um, like I... Um, identify my transactions in my bank account or something for my business or whatever. That stuff has to get done. The dark green is where I spend most of my time, which is those tasks and relationships that will drive the most outcomes for my business and my personal life. So for real estate, that's talking to investors, um, talking to uh, real estate team members like brokers, brokers, property managers, or what have you. Um, that's where I need to be spending a majority of my time. And that's what I do now. I probably three to four hours a day. I am talking to potential investors or investors that I'm already connected with. Um, but the goal time is, is the non-negotiable stuff. That is Maurice traveling, immersing in culture. That is me hitting the gym. That is me spending time with my little ones. I have earned the right that 50% of my time is gold time nowadays. And I'm in my forties. I wasn't mm-hmm. waiting till my sixties. Um, so those two things, the creating time at the beginning of the day was one hack. And then using this lens of Brown, green and gold. So if, 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 if friends call me and say, Hey man, let's go hit the bar this weekend. If, if that has no uh, impact on my happiness or some kind of growth, it's a waste of my time. I won't do it anymore. 
Um, mm-hmm. Not only is it a waste of my time, it's a waste of my money. So whenever there's an activity, I always look at my lens. It's either brown, green, or gold. And if it's green or gold, then I'll typically do it. If it's brown, I won't do it. So those are my two hacks. Nice. Thank you for sharing that because I think that'll be powerful. I know I love waking up early and I started coining thinking of like a 5 a.m. club because I know sometimes, you know, we all have those mornings where we wake up and we go, oh, I, I really want to roll back over, right? That, that pulls at you. And how, having some of that accountability, helping to kind of get that going, because it's, it's harder to, to kind of form that habit in the beginning. But having that accountability in the beginning to form that habit can really be a big way, which helped, yeah. which was really your military background, right? That was that accountability where they kicked your butt out of, out of bed. Yeah. But that habit stuck because you kept with it and you said, this is my identity now. Now I see the value and I see this is, is truly who I am and is that very um, important time. Yeah, I, I still do it. I was out the door this morning at 5.15. I'm still going, but um, you, you got to do it. You got to get it done. Yeah, I love it. Burn the boats. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> what, uh, how, can, how can people reach out to you? How, how can people find you? Yeah, so um, I love talking about these types of topics. So I, I, I hope people w- will reach out. On a business level, um, my real estate investment firm is called Quattro Capital. Q-U-A-T-T-R-O. So Quattro, the number four in Spanish, capital. And you can find me at the Quattro Way, uh, W-A-Y, the Quattro Um, So you can see what I'm doing from a business perspective. On a personal level, I am on Instagram and I do talk a lot about financial freedom, time wealth, um, you know, stories of going overseas and like going to the Finnish Arctic uh, last year and uh, Lebanon a few times in the past few months. Uh, so that's just Maurice Philogene. And then I'm also on LinkedIn, Maurice Philogene as well. And I, listen, anyone listening, I, I take time to talk to people. So if there is a way I can add value to your life, even if it's a quick 10 minute conversation or you're looking for resources, I promise you, I will take the time to do that. Um, it's something I really enjoy doing. So definitely reach out. I appreciate that. And I know, I I know everyone listening will also appreciate that. Yeah. Um, how is it that we can help you? I know you're, you're big on service, but, but for those who also are big on service, how can we, how can we help you? I, you know what, man, I, 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 I think it's perpetuating or, or spreading the word, spreading the word about, it doesn't have to always be competition. It can be creation. Spreading the mm-hmm. word that climbing the corporate ladder or, or reaching some title is not the goal. I don't know how life became about titles all of a sudden, as opposed to <laughs> happiness. As yep. opposed to happiness. Like, I'm happy I retired as a lieutenant colonel. I think it's great, but it was never a goal. I, I got to lieutenant colonel because I loved what I was doing as a federal agent in, in helping people. Um, but the way that anyone listening can, can help me is spreading the, you know, continuing to spread the word that the, the goal in life is not titles and climbing a ladder. The, the goal in life is happiness and connecting with like-minded people. So you want to help me reach out, connect, who can I help? Who can I talk to? Who can I help open their eyes that there's way more to life than just the daily grind, the matrix and all that. People need mm-hmm. to take the red pill and, 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 um, 
live their best life now. Awesome. I love that. Thank you again so much. I think there, this was a very powerful episode with a lot of golden nuggets. Uh, this will be one that I'll definitely be re-listening to to catch catch the tidbits again that I missed the first time around. So awesome. thank you so much for taking the time um, in between. Like you said, you're going to leave right from here to to go You know, work at a night shift on the streets. Yeah. But uh, the other thing I do want to thank you for is your service, your service to the world, your service, not only within the military, but also in the streets, because I know right now is a very, um, a very tense time. And yeah, so it it's, yeah. it's very important that we acknowledge and appreciate. So thank you. Oh, it's my, it's my pleasure. And thank you for giving me a platform to just talk to people. And you can tell that I'm passionate about this space. Um, and I really want people to live their, their best life now. So thanks for giving me a platform to talk about it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you again. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk later. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. Did you know that eight out of 10 men are living a life that they wish was better? I believe living an exceptional life means unlearning everything that we've been taught and dropping the shoulds immediately. Which is why I created a brand new ebook titled Coaching Secrets, How to Break Out of Ordinary and Live an Exceptional Life. I wanna show you the mindsets, strategy, and tactics you need to live the life you were meant to be so that you can step into the vision that you have for yourself but maybe haven't taken action. And the best part about it, it's yours absolutely free. To get your copy, head on over to manofclass.com forward slash coaching secrets. And you can start living that life right now.